They're back on the Football Outside the Box podcast, where we discuss the past, the present, and the future of football. We're coming off the back of, I would say for both of us, disappointing scenarios, thanks to Manchester City, Pep Guardiola's Manchester City. It raises a very interesting question for us and for the entire football community, really. Pep Guardiola has now won another treble with a different squad now. Before he's won it with Barca, him and his Messi side. I like to say Messi, you know, but there was a lot of other players with him as well. But now he's done it with Manchester City without Messi. The question is, out of these two sides, which side was the better side? Well, let's look at the record. City won the treble, obviously. Uh, Barcelona of 2008-2009, this is the first uh, full season for Pep Guardiola. They won six trophies. Never been repeated before or after that. In the Champions League, uh, City went undefeated, uh, of course. That's, uh, that's a good feat. Uh, Barca went seven wins, five draws, and a single loss. That loss came uh, in the last game of the group stages where, you know, the, they were already qualified um, and they lost to Shakhtar. But the common theme is, like you mentioned, Pep Guardiola. Pep Guardiola was a sensation when he first came onto the scenes, right? In the Champions League final, we were favored in 2008-2009 final. And we started off very well, too. But we missed the golden chance. In the, I think it was the first five minutes. And then the game just, just turned on its head. We had no answers. Uh, I, I did not think we were going to get dominated both on the ball and off the ball like that. And it was the same theme in 2010 and 2011 too. For me, I would like to say the first Barca team that Pep had was better than the City side. But, I mean, I have to ask you, that side impacted football, right? Every single team after that Barca, uh, the what's the word? Not quadruple, but what's the word for six... Quintuple? No, quintuple, I think, is five. Five, right? yeah. Sextuple Sext, or something? Yeah, yeah, sextuple, yeah. After that, every single team in the world were saying, we're going to play this tiki-taka. We're going to play beautiful football, pass the ball uh, out the back. But and what I find interesting with that is, it, it, to me, it, didn't, it, it wasn't that everybody wanted to play that tiki-taka style of football after. I felt like, Okay, sorry, let me rephrase that. Not that everybody never wanted to, but I think it was an aspiration for everybody, but everybody knew it was almost unattainable. Now, I think with the City side, I think everybody is trying to ad adapt it into their game at least to some degree. You see, rarely see teams nowadays doing the, the kick and run, the long ball, you know, route A type. I, we rarely see that. And like he says, come down to... Pep Guardiola instilling that. But then I always ask this question. I've always asked, does Pep is does Pep get to play that style of football just because he can pick and choose who he wants? If he was given a hand, like a shitty hand in poker, like we say, right? 
would he be able to carry out this tiki-taka style of football? Uh, 100% no. Um, it's a bit different for the City side. I mean, most of these guys, he's, he's bought, obviously, at City. But at Barcelona, this, I mean, he brought up players like Pedro, Busquets, these guys from the youth team, right? And we know what the Barcelona youth team are, are known for instilling that that value and that style into their players so if he were to go to i don't know any any team that doesn't have unlimited resources or a a value or proposition that follows that what he wants he will not be achieving that that does not take away from the fact that he's a brilliant manager right and you know i did when i i i'm with you on that in the sense that I believe the fact that he's gotten all the resources he he does have, he's able to play that style of football and he's able to achieve these kind of results. Even though after so many years at City, this is the first time. Like, I'm not trying to rain on the parade. or Okay, maybe I am trying to rain on the parade a bit, but, it, but it's the truth. But then when I raise that fact to some people, the feedback that I've gotten recently, which is a valid point, is look at company. Look at Xavi, look at Arteta. These are all managers that he's almost groomed, if you will, to an extent. And they're all performing at their respective clubs. Given it took Arteta some time, even though I think that was a whole different project and a whole different you know, type of kettle to cook or a bigger fish to fry, if you will. But look at company at Burnley. They don't have unlimited resources and he's, he's pulling through well. Well... Premier League is a different monster than the championship. So, well, we'll see. But yes. Just to get off topic with that a little bit, just just to touch on it. Do you think company can do something with Burnley in the Premier League then? I mean, his stock is very high. Burnley, I'm excited to, you know, I hate Burnley. Uh, Burnley are not, Burnley were my 20th favorite club in, in the Premier League. And now they still are. We'll see. We'll see how they play. I, I'm interested. I'm, I might be watching Burnley play. Uh, everything that I've heard, or it's it's very nice. Um, you know, that this thing with, thing with Burnley. I mean, we're going off topic a little bit, but Burnley used to sign players like Jay Rodriguez, Ashley Barnes, these players who've been through the lower lower ranks of the English English football league, and wouldn't necessarily associate. You wouldn't necessarily associate them with any technical gifts or any sort of special abilities, right? But what company and the new Burnley board have gone and done are signed really promising young players. Uh, and that's why they were not even favored to, to come up after the first season. But company has done well. But like I said, Premier League is just it's just so different from, from the championship. Yeah, it's a different animal. And that's a great point brought up about company bringing in a lot of youth to his team. Something that we've seen Arteta do and even something we've seen Xavi do to an extent. I mean, I know he went for the Aubameyang one from, from last time, but, you know, that's a one-up. That's fine. But is that something that you think is is key to a side in modern-day football now? Because even Pep himself, I, I, don't, I know that we spoke about, like, his Barca side, I don't think, was necessarily, like, the most youthful team to an extent. But... Well, the they, I mean, they, side, they were youthful. They were youthful, but yes, yeah. Like City, though, you think? Because City now have 
Haaland, who is young, Grealish, who relatively Grealish young. Grealish is not young. The guy is he's 20, relatively young. He's 27, 28. No, you can't 28? call him young. He's not 28, bro. Grealish, I'm about to look this up right now, honestly. I think Grealish is like... He's 27 at least. No, bro. He's like 25. Still, I, I mean, I don't think 25 is young. But either way, I mean, you look at that oh, Barca side. he's 27. Side. You're right. Wow, yeah, I was Jack wrong. Jack Grealish is not young, bro. I was wrong. Yeah, Grealish, <laughs> come on. <laughs> yeah, grow, grow up. Grow up, for fuck's sake. Oh, Foden, look on Foden and thing. That's, you know? Well... You look at the best 11, I mean, let's go from, from back to front, right? I mean, Ederson, of course, they have Diaz. This season, Akanji and Ake and Stones, right? None of those are, are, are young. I mean, Diaz is, what, 25? That's not young to me. That's You're, you're right at the edge of young and, and, a, and a grown professional. Right, so damn yeah. So it really is just Haaland, really. If you if you're looking yeah. at it like that, but arguably the best young player right now. Right, right, and and that is why I feel that this city side are at their peak compared to. Uh, I know we're comparing the 2008 2009 Barcelona side, but I think their best years were 2010 and 2011. So 20 2008 2009, of course, they won six trophies. They were great. The season after, they could have won the the Champions League again. If not, if you remember the the volcano exploded in Iceland and they couldn't fly to uh play Inter away. So they had to drive 35 hours on a bus. I mean, you you don't even do that as a youth player, you know? So imagine what that did to the professional players. I remember watching that game, they were lethargic. They 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 run you know 120 kilometers per game. They could barely run 100 kilometers that game. So where I put the comparison is this city side right now are at their peak. I, I, I can't see how much they improve or get better from this point. Looking at their the, the squad, Holland, of course, he can get better, but De Bruyne is on over 30 now. Uh, Bernardo Silva wants to leave. Mars is being linked with a move to Saudi Arabia. Laporte, I know he doesn't play, but he's going to move. He wants to move. He's probably going to move. Um... Of course, they're going to still have their course, but I, I feel this is their peak compared to Barcelona had uh, gradually improved their performances from 2008 to 2011. But if you're a City fan, are you even worried about that? Because we've seen with Pep again talking about his greatness, one of the major things that we praise about him is his ability to adapt his squads. So would you even be worried about that then? The thing that would worry me is... You have to remember, this change came mid-season. This change to 3-2-4-1, right? They struggled. You guys were eight points ahead at one point in the season, right? I mean... With a game in hand, yeah. Still, but everybody doubted City because they were being exposed and they were in that transition. The thing that changed City this season were the changes that Pep made in the second half of the season. And teams couldn't have enough time to find an answer to that, right? But I feel that with the summer transfer window and I, 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 there's got to be somebody out there. Of course, I, I don't know what it is. If I were, again, I'll be playing, I'll be managing a, a top club right now. Somebody's out there analyzing this team and finding out what their weaknesses are. So I think that's what 
I wouldn't say looking forward to. That's very negative from my point of view. Uh, I mean, being a, a rival fan of City. But that is something that we, we have to keep in mind. You know, once Barca got found out, I mean, they got thrashed 7-0 to Bayern Munich in 2012. Remember that, right? So there's there's no team is perfect, right? And there's weaknesses, whatever it may be, to this city side. We just don't know yet. And that is because we're only starting to see this post, at the earliest, post-World Cup, right? So, yeah. I do want to sw- switch it back to the the comparison debate a bit between Barca and Barca back then and City now. City, I want to I want to highlight an important aspect of that debate is their Champions League running this season. They had a very difficult running. If we realize they played Bayern Munich, they slapped them. Then they played Madrid as well also beat them and then the inter match i know on paper is not hard but that was a struggle for them think about it inches away difference yeah if lukaku heads it a little an inch to the right we're going to be having a whole different conversation here city don't win the treble pep guardiola gets a little knock to his best manager in the world or his best manager ever title that people are giving him now all from one little inch. Does that raise a red flag to you? And to say, yo, like maybe City City easily could have not been in this debate and Barca were, Barca clearly, like in the final, Barca clearly won that game. They were clearly the better side and they dominated. Not only on the field, just from a, like a visual perspective, but they dominated on the scoreboard too. Well, I mean, yeah, I hear you. Inter set up very well. Um, I, I think they led City on, on XG as well. I think Inter had 2.09 XG compared to City's one point low one. Um, but I could say the same thing about Barcelona too, to be perfectly honest. If you remember the, the infamous game at Stamford Bridge, semifinals, I forget the the name of the referee escapes my my memory. I think it was Obrevo, I think. But nobody's gonna forget that Michael Balak chasing him down. Right. The DDA Drogba. You're a, you're a fucking disgrace from DDA Drogba. Yeah, all of those. Barca probably should not have made it to the final that year either. So, I mean, what can you say? Luck of the draw follows you. You, I mean, when it's meant to be, it's meant to be. Yeah, you're gonna need luck on on either on either stage. To yeah. be honest, but and you and you mentioned inches about the Lukaku chance, but look at the goal from Rodri. If Darmian moves an inch to the left, the ball is probably being deflected off to for a corner. And same with the Iniesta goal against Chelsea in that right semi final. Yeah, it hit the upright of the post and went in. If it's if it's a few inches higher, it's it, it City. I mean, sorry, not City. Chelsea going to the final and lose to us again, make it four for us. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think that that tells a lot though, right? We can't really be, you know, counting these little inches that could have made difference XYZ. The fact of the matter is it wasn't. And we need to we need to accept that side of it in the reality of the of the situation. You can look at who they they went up against maybe, but you know, you also made a good point that Barca won 
every single competition they were in that season. To me, that could be that could be a a telling sign. But maybe another telling sign, and this is all going to be hypothetical. If those two teams, you know, in their respective primes, in their respective years, go up against each other face to face, I would give them pep on either side. <laughs> we have yeah, young everything, on everything side. equal. Everything equal. Pep with Who hair. wins the game? I have to say the Barca side. I remember watching them as a kid and just having no hope when, when we're playing against them. And this is why I hate Barca so much. Because they took away two Champions League, Champions League titles away from us. No, I mean, understandably. I was going to, you know, before he said that and he said Barca, I was like, okay, I guess Messi is a difference. But, you know, I, I share those sentiments. When we played against them, when Arsenal played against them, both at home and away, I remember leaving, leaving the match thinking, yo, I can't believe we got away with a win there. 2-1 against yeah. against him at home, but Arshavin. I, yeah, the Arshavin. And we were honestly even away. We we're holding on quite well. But besides the scoreline, the feeling that you get when Barca have the ball, there is literally, as you said, no hope to get the ball. Like you're just actually you're like, all right, like fuck it. Like we're not gonna get the ball. <laughs> and then yeah. when you finally do get it. They win it back in like a split second. You have no chance. It's like, it's like you know when you're playing FIFA, there's just nothing you can do. That's how it feels. Yeah, I, I'll put it this way: City are, of course, they're they're a dominant side too, but they're dominant by being practical. Barca back then were just pure dominant by being, by displaying dominance over you. They were they were the team. They were just on a practical sense, on a on a football sense, on a on a beautiful scale. If, if there's a ever a meter for that, they were just on top of every single team during the time period. Yeah, yeah, special, special side. I I, I want to do a, a few player comparisons. I'm gonna leave out Messi and you know those kind of obvious ones, but there's a few similar players. One I want to bring up first. Who are you picking, Rodri? Or Busquets? Well, is that is that depending on this season only or throughout their careers? Throughout their careers. Prime and prime. I mean, uh, Busquets. Another one. Slightly different players here, but Gundagan or Iniesta? See, this is not fair because when you look at when you look at that Barca side, there is a bit of, you know, you look back at history with nostalgia, and you you tend to rate those players a bit higher. I'm gonna say Iniesta too again, but actually, I that might be a very fair opinion. I think that might I think eighty percent, ninety percent of people might go with Iniesta, but when it comes to the likes of, um, let's say. Say to Keita, right? Compared to, yeah, yeah, Kevin De Bruyne. I know they didn't play like like the same position, but when you're just comparing the midfielders, or Xavi, compared to De Bruyne, I mean, who are you taking, Xavi and, and De Bruyne? That's who I was gonna ask you next, De Bruyne or or Xavi. And I think if you ask me, my honest opinion is, if I am to, if I am picking a side and I have first pick. I'm going to pick De Bruyne 
because I think De Bruyne can can do more. I think Xavi is a smarter player on his own, IQ wise, but I think De Bruyne can do more on the football field. He can tackle better than him. He's more energetic. I think he has a better killer pass, which is different than just you know regular tempo keeping passing. And he definitely has a better shot, better goal scorer. So if I need a goal, if you know that's the point of, the man, of football is to score the goal, if we're being real, Kevin De Bruyne is your guy over Xavi for me. Well, imagine this. Imagine they had Kevin De Bruyne in that Barca midfield over Xavi or Iniesta. You, you take your pick, but Busquets, Iniesta, and KDB. <laughs> That would be disgusting. Wow. That would be absolutely disgusting. And one more um player comparison. And then I want to do a combined side, a combined 11. But this one going to be a little weird, I think. But Pedro or Grealish? Very different players. Um, but you just have to look at their output and their impact. I'll go with Pedro. The man chipped in with crucial goals at crucial moments. Something, some numbers like Grealish would dream of, right? I know he put up some decent numbers at Villa, but at the, on the City side, he would dream of putting up those numbers. Yeah. All right, let's dive into a combined 11 from the two squads. Starting off with Keeper. I'm assuming this is a, a straightforward one. Those two are very similar. Um, probably not the best keepers in terms of saving. Uh, I'll go with Valdez, probably. Really? Just because he wow. played for us for a year. <laughs> Honestly, I, I think Edison is a straightforward answer here. I didn't think Valdez was all that. Honestly. I don't think Edison's all that either. So, in, in terms of saving. In terms of saving. Okay. Let us know who you would pick. Edison or Valdez. Right back. I mean, Danny Alves is the most decorated player in the history of football. It's a clear winner. Yeah. I think it's a clear winner. Danny Alves. Center backs. You can just name the two of them right off the bat. Yeah, I'm going Puyo, 100%. And Ruben Dish, probably. I would have said Ruben Diaz, but I think Stones impressed me a lot this season. But, Unless but you want to put thing. him in the midfield. Right, category. but here's the thing. He doesn't, he doesn't play as a centre-back, you know, so it's it's tough. Yeah, it's a weird one. That one's a weird one because he's a makeshift nowadays. But, all right, I'll asterisk that one. Stones and Stones and Diaz asterisk. But Puyol, I think, is a, he's a shoo-in. He's got to play. Left-back. I mean, City don't even have a left-back now. Uh, uh, you could say Ake. But then you can't, to me, you want to look at, I know Eric Abidal has got the story where that's concerned, you know, fought back from cancer, came back, had a winning moment as well. So the story is too much. <laughs> um, I'll probably go with Ake. Okay. And I'll pick Abidal just again because of the story. The midfield trio, I think this is where it gets the most interesting, in my opinion. Uh, well, can I go with a diamond? Because I'm Who's not leaving. I'm not leaving. 
two of the, the midfielders out from from no, you have to, team. we have to because there's there's a front three and that front three needs to be filled. And you want to start with the front three because we know who's gonna be on the right and we know who's gonna be in the middle. Or right. Do Messi we know who's gonna be in the middle? Eto was great, but I don't think I think Holland probably will eclipse Eto by the end of his career. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then that left side, you kind of already mentioned. You picked Pedro, unless I mean Pedro. I mean I know I know um, Thierry. I mean he didn't light up the league at Barcelona, but I mean you could even put Thierry Henry there too. You really could still. But that's not Henri's prime. I don't want to use yeah, yeah, Henri, you know? Yeah. But I mean, we're looking at the careers, so... No, but as in, in, in that respective moment. So you don't want to look at Messi's whole career. You want to look at Messi in that time. But you're still going to pick Messi. Well, then I'll, I'll probably have to go with Eto'o then. If we're looking at this period in time, I'll go with Eto'o over Holland. Really, though? You don't think Holland right now is better than Eto'o was back then? No. Maybe wow. a better, better, maybe a better goal scorer, but I think overall Eto was. Just a, I mean, he was a crazy player, if you remember. No, of course. I mean, Eto was insanity, and he not only did it at Barca, he did it at Inter too. So there's no denying his class, but I think as a striker, these numbers are are just not lying. Haaland comes to City and immediately wins the treble. It's, it's uh, you mentioned it last epi and. It's true. To me, it's, it has to be Haaland right now. Has to be. And I think especially in the squad that we've built, he has to fit the bill. I mean, I, I'm not I'm not going to fight over Haaland or Eto. Give me either. I'm taking either. <laughs> nah, for real still. But yo, let's circle back to the midfield. The interesting talk. I'm just going to go full out uh, attacking. I'm going to pick K- KDB, Iniesta, and Xavi. Fuck defense, bro. No defending in this team. Nah, unless you want Xavi to play the Rodri role, which honestly he could. Uh, he he's smart enough to play, but is he physical or or strong enough? All right, to be orthodox, I'll go with Busquets. I'd have Iniesta. To Iniesta or Xavi? Because I I mean one of them has got to go for KDB. To be honest, for the sake of balance, I think, okay, honestly, I think I prefer Iniesta to Xavi as a player. But for the sake of this side and balancing this side, I'm going to go with Xavi. Because I think De Bruyne already offers that mobility, that raw skill, the ability to make attacking chances happen, which I think Iniesta offers that. But I think Xavi offers something different in the form of a tempo setter in this form of picking the right spot and being open. I think he would add more to the team that's been built than Iniesta would. But I personally prefer Iniesta to Xavi. Yeah, I can agree with that. Yeah, seems fair. Well, there you have it. I... Uh, should we compare some other teams too? I mean, we don't have to go into in-depth in as much. Well, if you just look at the Premier League teams, such as, uh, I mean, most recently, Liverpool of the 18-19 season when they got, what it was, it 97 points and won the Champions League? 
Yeah, but they still lost the league. They did, yes. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna look at that the same way how we look at we're looking at inches and that one point that no, the fact of the matter is they didn't win. And I think that's what we have to just stop at and accept. Because the further we dive into it, there's going to be always inches at any point in every single match leading up to it. So I think for our own sanity, we have to accept those inches difference. And by inches, I, I'm referring to the point difference in the league for Liverpool. Well, that season, it was literally inches. John Stones cleared John Sadio Stones. Mane's uh, goal by in, in not even I don't even know if it was inches. Yeah, for real. So, so you're you're taking that city side over over that Liverpool side, definitely. Um, let's go to Chelsea of that that season where they conceded fifteen. I think it was two thousand and four, two thousand and five. I mean, unreal defensively and. Another insane record that they had was their record at Stamford Bridge was impeccable, undefeatable there. And that goes a long way. So hats off to them, but they don't make the bill for me. You got to do it on all angles, all avenues. If you're going to even think about being compared to any one of these sides like Barca or City. Yeah, I mean, still, that 15 goals is is... Is marvelous. I don't know if, if anybody's gonna beat that. No, no, it is definitely. I'm not. I'm not taking that away from them mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. And to your beloved Arsenal side, the Invincibles, the year prior to Chelsea's 15 goal conceded season. As much as I would like to put us on top, where this is concerned, <laughs> I can't. Thank do it. you. Thank you for I being can't. objective. Thank you. <laughs> but I. I just can't, right? We didn't do it on all avenues. We only did it in the league. And we didn't even rack up the most points or anything like that. However, however, to go an entire season undefeated, home and away. Now, imagine to, that. Thanks to Vanessa Roy. But, thanks yes. to Vanessa Roy through some bullshit refereeing. But we'll talk about that on another day still. But that is... A sensational record. I want to think about that from a psychological perspective from every single team. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> How do you feel though? You can't you know you can't beat the side that you're about to go up against. That's crazy. And you lost you lost to Chelsea in the, in the Champions League. You lost in the FA Cups in the League Cups. But in the league, nothing, and that's why the trophy is gold. That's crazy. But the bigger picture is we can't argue that point because. We didn't do it on all angles, like you said. Yeah. But gold, gold trophy. That's clean. Sure, sure, sure. And I mean, I know a lot of you are comparing this team to the 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 treble winning team of the first Premier League team to win the treble, mind you, the first one. Nobody remembers the second, right? Just like how nobody's gonna remember Arsenal coming second. The, the second team to win the treble is City, right? We're comparing that second team to the first team to do the treble. But I think this City team is probably better than, than them. Overall, overall. Truth is, we, we can only go off stories, right? Right, <laughs> right. I mean, I've, yeah, I've, I've never watched them play, but 
just basing off of what I've watched, I mean, there's no denying that the quality of of players in general have improved massively. Like, I've never watched Pele play or Maradona play, but I mean, no offense, but they're playing against gym teachers. You know, it's just this is where I put it. Pele was so good compared to his peers at the time, where if we're looking at that respective com- comparison, I think you would have to be even better than Messi to be at the level of Pele was back then, if that makes sense. Mm, okay. Because because the level of competition is just so much better nowadays compared to the 60s, 70s, where, you know, I'm sure Pele at the time was just sensational, even more sensational than Messi is right now, or was for Drew. Yeah. yeah. But if we're talking relatively, for somebody to be at Pele's level in the 60s, we're talking somebody even crazier than Messi, probably. Right. And I don't want to get too deep into a rabbit hole here, but you could also argue a man like Pele. Yes, he may have been going up against gym teachers and, and so no disrespect to gym teachers, <laughs> by the way. We love we love everybody. Oh, yes. Yeah. So that, that's not what I meant but by gym teachers. I meant, I meant failed footballers who never really made it to the top. Right. But anyways, the point to say is you could argue that Pele maybe didn't get the resources and the development right. opportunities that people get now today in in modern football. And also, the game was just different. Like when I hear people, like I hear my father talk to me about Pele and how people would just kick him down and they wouldn't get booked for it. They wouldn't get a um a, even a foul call for it. They would literally go out there trying to break his leg. Uh, that's the that's the goal. Break this guy's leg. Because they can do it and get away with it. Whereas in modern day football, if you barely touch the guy, it's a car. Yeah. And 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 the pitch was terrible back then too, if you remember. Um some 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 fields are still terrible, but probably not to that extent. But uh but I mean, yeah. I, I But don't no need think... for the rabbit hole though, regardless. What yeah. I did want to touch on the manual side that you were talking about, the treble winning side. One thing that I heard about this their 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 side was a lot about their heart and their mentality to always end up with the win, which is crucial. And I think, I mean, as we said, we never watched it, but could that be something that gives them the edge over the city side? Yeah, that's that's an interesting point, actually, because again, from what I've heard and, and seen and read, if you put them in a one-off match between that 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 side and this city side i would i would maybe fancy them you know i would i would probably uh maybe not 50-50 but they wouldn't be a heavy underdog or anything like that but if we're looking at you know throughout the whole season you know they only racked up i think 76 points or 77 points and uh even in the champions league i mean that run was special they beat bayern munich they beat Barca in the group stages. They beat Inter um, and uh, Juventus uh, through, through to the run to the final, and met Bayern in the final again. Um, so that mentality, that tenacity to keep on going for it, of course, could come crucial in in a one-off match. But I think overall, if you're looking at it, you would have to say the City side is going to probably just about edge it. 
Yeah, I, I hear that point and I would probably agree with that as well. And to kind of wrap it up then, on that note, who are you saying overall after all this discussion? To me, I'm saying I'm going with Barca. The best English side is probably the City side. But best ever that I've seen, yeah, I'll go with Barcelona of 2008 to around 2011. You let us know now who you think was the best side you have ever seen in your life. We don't need we don't want to hear any 1965 Brazil or anything like that. <laughs> nah, tell us 1965 Brazil still. We'll hear it. We'll hear it still. We want to hear why you guys think that though. Don't just tell us and don't come with no feedback. Tell us why because yeah. we want to know. We weren't there. We weren't there to watch it. So yeah. show us. Show us why you why they are better than this city side or better than that Barca side. You tell us why. That's all we have time for today. Guys, thanks for tuning in as always. We hope you enjoyed your time with us. Remember to subscribe, to leave comments, and share with your friends. Follow us on social media at FOTBPod. Don't forget to leave a review, rating, and most importantly, don't forget to turn on those notifications. Join us again next time as we discuss the highly anticipated upcoming Premier League action. Thanks again as always. See you then.